Ladies and gentlemen, we are now on the Bobcast with Joe Queer. All right, Scord is in session. From the Queers, man. Yes, I've made the big time, folks. I am here. (laughs) We have made the big time. How's the Bob? (laughs) No, we've made the big time. We just made the big time. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Hey, man, this is great. I love doing this stuff. This is fun. You guys got a good vibe here. I like it. Do you do a lot of podcasts or have you or? I mean, I have, but usually it's, you know, Zoom and stuff. So not too much, you know, as a little caught off guard. We're like, no, we usually do it right there at the studio. I was like telling everybody over at the bar. I was like, oh, I've got to go to the studio. We're doing it in the studio, this podcast. Everybody's like, whoa, pretty impressed. So. (laughs) Oh, well, yes. we we like to we don't like the Zoom ones. I yeah. this is much better. Yeah, me? I like it. Yeah, I mean, I have fun doing them. It's cool, but I notice because of COVID, a lot more stuff is done. I guess life's become more impersonal, kind of. You know what I mean? So a lot of times these podcasts, the one guy will be in Boise, the other guy's in like Seattle, and then whatever. So this is much cooler, I think. Yeah, this is yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we just yeah we had decided we always wanted to do it this way. Well, just plus. Doing it this way, we're out on the road and we're kind of in tour mode. You know, when I'm home, you know, it's like I'm going to clean the cat box and I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not like in music mode all the time at home, whereas in the, yeah. you're catching us, we're in our stride out here, the band, uh, you know, yeah. so I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. You produce your own records? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of run my studio word of mouth. So, Sorry. so um, you know, I don't like go hang out bars hustling work so people come up and they're like hey we hear you got a studio i want to work with you so i do that stuff so um it kind of keeps it sort of like you know they know the queers and they know my what i'm into and so it's fun i'm not doing like rap stuff and stuff i'm not into so yeah i have a ball yeah we're um i just got a two inch tape machine from master or genie we recorded a lot of the queers albums at sonic iguana studio in lafayette indiana and Mass closed up after years of being in business, and he had his tape machine there. So, I mean, I don't need a tape machine. I got Pro Tools and all that. But I got it because all these bands, we had recorded on this machine, and a lot of bands had. So I got the machine just to have a little bit of Sonic Iguana vibe in my studio. And we're going to do this thing called the Old School Series. We're going to have bands come in and do two songs each. We're going to record on tape, and we're going to mix on the console like we did in the old days and no pro tools, nothing like that. We're just going to do that. And so the dwarves are coming in, um, teenage bottle rockets coming in, teen idols. Phillips said he was going to come down. Anyway, we're going to do these splits and have fun with it. But in the old days, when the queers recorded, we did one of our albums, daylight and a dollar short in this guy's basement on a one inch eight track machine. He had an old Soundcraft board all beat up. With like two DBX 160 compressors and a Yamaha Rev 7, like very rudimentary basic stuff with some SM57s. And it sounds like a million bucks, but like we mixed it down there too. Furnace going, dirt floor. We had to put plywood down with carpets to put the drums on and the amps. It was like really basic laundry hanging up and stuff. And it sounds like a million bucks. And so I was like, let's get, you know, let's do this old school series. So everybody's kind of into it. It's kind of a gimmick, but 
Um, I thought it would be fun, you know, to, to record on tape and we're going to mix on the Trident console. And the gear I have is light years ahead of what we recorded on back in the day. But uh, anyway, so. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we'll see. I think it'll be fun. So, Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. real creative. And yeah, that's what I dreamt about doing in high school. And, and so you're I doing love it. it. So, yeah. So, um, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't believe you're still playing. I said, hey, dude, I've worked for a living. I own a restaurant. I work construction. I worked on a fishing boat for 10 years. My brother owns, still owns. So I've worked for a living. You know, this is like a day at the Playboy Mansion doing this shit right here, man, compared to working on a fishing boat. Oh, yeah. So I... I never take it for granted, and I, I try to be grateful. And I learned that through Joey Ramone. Like, I got to know him. I wasn't best friends with Joey, but I realized what got him out of bed in the morning. He just loved talking music. You know, we talk on the phone for two hours about, you know, stuffy nuggets, this song and that song. And, you know, some of our best conversations were about acid eaters and what I thought songs they could have done or should have done. And he didn't like that album that much between us. Wow. But anyway, yeah, some of it he liked. But um, I realized, you know, he was still so excited about music after all the cool shit Joey Ramone had done. He was still, he didn't care about how much money he had or girls or blah, blah, blah. Not that they ever got many girls, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it it was about the next good song. You know, what do I think of this? What, Are you, you know, telling me there's not very many Punk rock girls. <laughs> well, there's a few. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I love that about him. And then another guy I met, do you know the old 60s band Dino, Desi, and Billy? They had a, we covered one of their songs. They were from like 1966. They did a, had a song called I'm a Fool. And the Wrecking Crew gang, that those musicians in L.A., they did the music. And these kids sang. They were kids at the time. Billy's sister married Carl Wilson. And Billy ended up playing with the Beach Boys and with Brian Wilson. He was keys and guitar. Billy Hinchy from Dino, Desi, and Billy. So anyway, he heard we covered his song, and he came to Vegas, lived in Vegas. So he came down to some crappy club we were playing and sat in with us and played I'm a Fool and stuff. And I said to him, I said, Billy, what was the last gig you did? And it was something with Brian Wilson, I believe, doing Pet Sounds at the Roundhouse in London for like a week. And here he is in the shitty club that was like even below us, having a ball, you know, he let me play his guitar, 72 telly that Carl Wilson had given him when he knew he was dying from cancer. He gave it to Billy and, and it was his touring guitar he would bring with the Beach Boys and Billy let me play that thing. It was great, man. I was like, this is great. But more importantly, he said, I'm so lucky I get to do this stuff. He goes, it doesn't get any better than this on my side of the street. I'm playing with Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Are you kidding me? Unless the Beatles reform and I'm playing with them. It's like, this is it. I can't believe I have to pinch myself every day that I get to do this. And I go, gosh, what a great attitude. You know, the guy had done all this stuff and he could ask for green M&Ms in his personal dressing room and all that bullshit. No, he's grateful. He's there playing with the queers, having fun. We played... I think Jumpin' Jack Flash, Kids Are All Right, I'm a Fool, which was their song. We just had fun, a lot of laughs. He hung out with us for three hours. I He passed away last year, unfortunately. But um, I just remember like people like Joey Ramone, Grateful, um, uh, Billy Hinchy, you know, just very, you know, full of gratitude. I tell this story about Joey. One time I was with Joey walking down 
uh, the street in the Lower East Side. We were walking from one club to another. Not that I hung out with them much. But anyway, it was during the CMJ music thing going on in New York City back then. They used to do it once a year. I don't know if they still do it. Anyway, this drunk German guy spotted Joey Ramone, and he's like all drunk, and he jumped on Joey, and he's like, oh my God, Joey Ramone, you are my hero, blah, 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 I love you, I cannot believe this, I come to fucking New York City, and I run into Joey Ramone, and the guy's drunk, and wouldn't let him go, and he's kissing him and shit, and I was like, God, and Joey put up with it graciously for about five minutes, finally we got that guy away, and we're walking down there, and I said, how do you put up with that shit, and he goes, hey man, I don't take that stuff for granted, we are so lucky that we get to do this, and we affect people's lives like that, that I'm always grateful. You know, I never forgot that lesson. I was like, God, the drunk German guy, Joey, was like, never, you know, always be gracious with everybody. We're lucky we get to do that. And that was his attitude. I was like, man, I'm taking a cue out of his page. And Billy Hinchy and those guys, they were grateful that what we got, you know, no matter what level we're at. So I, I appreciate getting to play music and do this stuff and, and making friends. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of lessons you can learn. I used to think like you have to be like Bob Dylan's roadie to like, you know what I mean? Figure out what life's all about. But I realize there's a lot of lessons about life right down here in the trenches in the punk rock world, you know, and traveling around playing even at our level. There's a lot of good lessons you learn about life right down here too. It took me a while to figure that out, but gratitude is one of the first ones. And so I always appreciate getting to do this stuff and don't take it for granted and um, try to have fun. But um, yeah, I have fun doing it, but that's what I dreamt about doing in high school. I wanted to be in a band and I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I did it somehow, man. So yeah. Anyway, well, we're but glad. We're glad. Enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very glad. We should try to do a song real quick. Uh, I can, I can try to do a, 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 this is a rare occasion, folks. By the way, you don't you don't usually try to do acoustic songs, do you? No, no. But we're I, uh, we're the Bobcast. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, we got an acoustic guitar here. You want me to try one? I'll yeah, try let's. One. You, yeah, do you mind? Don't mind. But what can I do? He says it's got a reason to be I'm not walking down life's only hours no more I finally got something that's sweet When we're goofing off nothing and nothing at all And open the daylights a week Nothing else matters, no nothing else matters to me Always looking for someone who holds me You got any Gigi Allen stories? 
Oh, I got all sorts of Gigi Really? Stories. Well, I wasn't like best friends with Gigi, but um, he was from New Hampshire, Manchester, and we were from down near the beach, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And um, so the, he would always have an ad in the paper, Gigi and the Jabbers, punk rockers need musicians. So that's how we met him. We went up there and met him. But um, yeah, we played with the Jabbers early on a few times. He was always kind of flaky back then. But um, Was Merle in the Jabbers? No, no not okay. that I ever okay. knew. I don't know if he ever filled in. Now, Merle, it's so weird. I was working out this morning and I was listening to a band Merle was used to play bass for. And that's where I first saw Merle. He played with a band called The Thrills from Boston. They later changed their name to City Thrills because someone else had their name, The Thrills. And Merle was the bass player. Yep. And wow. then I met Gigi and he's like, yeah, that's my brother Merle. Cause I used to like the thrills. I'd see them at the rat. And, um, so anyway, it's funny you mentioned him, but, um, anyways, Gigi stories, Gigi. Yeah. Well, so we would, we had a little short lived band where Don Crockford, my buddy, he died years ago. Um, Don was the bass player. Um, I was on guitar and Gigi would, was drummer. And Gigi was a great drummer. People don't know that, but he was a great drummer. He loved Keith Moon. Yep. He's a great drummer. And um, I always told him he should stay with it. But um, anyway, we had a band and we would go pick Gigi up and we'd come back and rehearse down by the beach. I had a spot. I worked at this place during the summer uh, called Boar's Head Inn and it was closed up during the winter. There was no heat on in there, but the power was in there and I had a key to the back door so we could go in there. And it was quiet at the beach during the winter. So we could go in there and rehearse. It was freezing cold, but we'd go in there. The boss never that knew it. You awesome. know? He lived miles away. So one time we go in there. And of course, there's a bar upstairs that was closed up. But Don went up there and he got drunk. And he wanted to play Leonard Skinner songs and, and, and got mad at Gigi and I because we're like, no, we're not playing Leonard Skinner. We want to play the Ramones and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you guys are, you know, I don't want to say the words, you know, calling us this name and that name. You guys are losers. <laughs> so Don's whiskey drunk. So Gigi and I get him out in the car, close the restaurant up. And so Don was this big, burly guy. I was in, I had a 65 AMC Rebel. So I'm at the driver's seat, in the driver's seat. Gigi's over here and Don jumps up. He was mad because we didn't stay to play the Leonard Skinner songs. This was after we got him out of the place, put all the gear away and the, you know. And so he jumps up on the hood of the car and he's looking down at us through the windshield. He's like, you losers. I'm going to put my foot right through this windshield. I hate you guys, blah, blah, blah. And he jumps down. And he grabs my side mirror. I've told this story before, but it was like out of the movies. He didn't wrestle the mirror with two hands. He didn't do anything. He grabbed it and just pulled the thing off, my mirror off my 65 AMC Rebel, just like this. Boom. And threw the thing about 50 yards down the street. I couldn't believe it. He just ripped the thing off. And Gigi, I was looking at Don and I was like, you motherfucker. And Gigi, all I hear Gigi says is like, let's get out of here. His voice goes up about two octaves. And I was like... Threw it in reverse, I like took off, and Don was throwing rocks at us. And I remember I stopped and picked up my mirror was in the road in the street there, and I picked it up and we left Don there. But Gigi was terrified of Don; he wouldn't mess with Don at all. Gigi, we were driving down there, and um, he let us play this cassette. He had a cassette of this song, "Sherry Love Affair." It was one of I don't like this song really, but anyway, he's like, "Hey, I want to play this new song I did for you guys." 
So he plays a song. He goes, what do you think? And, and Dawn's like, let's face it, Gigi, that song sucks. And Gigi was really crushed, but Gigi wouldn't fuck with Dawn at all. And uh, it was really funny. We had a lot of fun times. He was like, I remember Gigi, I remember seeing the Ramones in front of about 200 people on a Wednesday night in December, I think it was, in Manchester, New Hampshire. And Gigi was in a, in a mini skirt with fishnet stockings and high heels on. And this is 1978 in New Hampshire. And that took some balls now, never mind in 78 in yeah. Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, he didn't care. Yeah. It was great, that show. Yeah, I remember I brought wow. my Mose right to show Johnny. But anyway, Gigi, he was ballsy, man. I love Gigi. He was great. So I kind of felt bad for him at the end where he had gone over the top because I knew him like he loved talking about the monkeys and Paul Revere and the Raiders and the Stones. And we loved all that stuff. And the Ramones, of course, and all that. And then I felt he had done all that crazy stuff to get famous. And I was a little bummed out for him. I've kind of felt bad for him because I, I don't know. He was known for being the crazy guy where girls pee in his mouth and all this crazy right, shit. Right. And you knew, I knew him, him as, as a regular guy. Talking like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah about yeah. music and being up all night just talking about the Ramones and stuff like well, that. Well, he created so. an act. He created yeah. an act that, that he took, that, that he knew would get, you know, Attention. He's a genius. Right, yeah. he's right. A, he's in a that genius. respect, yes. Yeah. And we always thought that he should start a church, become a minister or a priest or something oh like God. that. And start oh, yeah, his, yeah that was... Gigi. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. that would be... You know what I mean? That's what yeah, I told him. Sure. I said, dude, you should That's do that. Amazing. Start oh, yeah. a cult and stuff. Could you imagine if Gigi was alive today with social... He'd have a Church of Gigi Patreon with like 10 million people in there. <laughs> oh, dude, he'd, oh, have, yeah. it going, he'd oh, have it going on, really, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I was going to see him. I got in touch with him. I would keep in touch with him through this other ex-junkie girl up in Portland, Maine that was in touch with him. And I said, tell Gigi I'm writing this song called I Knew Gigi When He Was a Wimp. And he loved that one. He's like, oh, oh yeah. That's great. And I was going to see him up in Portland, Maine. He was going to play up there. And then he died. Oh, and I was man. really, of course, bummed out. But um, he died at my buddy Johnny Puke's house. And Johnny said, it wasn't like he OD'd on fentanyl or anything. He said, we were up talking about he was going to Europe on tour and doing some shows in the States. And he said, all right, time to crash. And so we all just crashed and we just got up in the morning and he had died. It wasn't like he, you know, OD'd oh, okay. or anything. It was just yeah. really weird. Johnny told Whoa. me. Yeah, sucks. But Gigi was a good guy. Very smart. And um, I don't know. But when I met him, he was like living the life of a yuppie. Button down shirt. His wife, Sandy, was really cute. Nice, clean apartment. Much <laughs> yeah. nicer place than I was living in. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. I yeah. tell people that. They're like, oh, not Gigi. And I go, oh, yeah, Gigi. Well, it's funny because I'm friends with Merle. I became friends with Merle gotcha. through, through yeah. music down here in the trenches. And, uh, you know, he's a staple down here. Yeah. And he... Uh, Does Merle live here? No, he lives in California. Okay. I thought he was out yeah. west. Or yeah. I don't know. He used sure. to. Okay. Uh, I yeah, I don't to know. Him. Actually, I talked. Yeah, he's in California, I think. But I, think I thought he was out west. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But what was I saying? Uh. But he told me because I was like, dude, what was Gigi like? Yeah. You know, I fucking. Uh. And he said that he he said he would just be here having a reading the paper, drinking a coffee, getting yeah. ready for the day. No, know, for the he tour, was, like like. Yeah, he, he was always down to earth. Whenever I met him, even after he got famous, um. He never really changed, and we would always talk just like this. Right. You know, he never like 
you know, I would see him kind of get crazy when he had the audience around him, the fans and stuff. But um, he was always real, real down to earth with me. The last time I ever saw him was at the Rat upstairs. Him and Merle came in, and I was the only one who knew who they were. Well, nobody recognized Merle had played around Boston a lot, but um, nobody even noticed them at all. And I waved at Gigi, what's up? And then the next thing I know, they had left. And I never, that was the last time I actually physically saw him, though I wrote him in, in jail a few times and we kept in touch with that girl. But anyway, he was, I love Gigi. He was a great guy. And I really thought he could have made it on his own. He didn't have to do all the crazy antics. I thought it was cool on the one hand, but on the other, I was like, your music is good enough to stand That's on That's what I'm own. saying. His music, he's a musical genius. Yep. Like his music is so good, you know, so. I loved it, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was a bummer, that whole thing. So, um, but I love Gigi. Yeah, he was great to hang out with and just good energy and real, you know, the essence of punk rock, I thought. So, yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Well, thank you for telling us all that, man. You have been in the this punk trenches and 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 beyond. That hasn't all been trenches. You told me so, you just mentioned you've been to Italy and shit. So, oh yeah, it can't Many be all times. trenches. How how are the Italian trenches? I mean, we love it over there. Italy's my favorite place over in Europe. But our guitar player, bass player, we switch off. I've been going singing. When we get a bass player, I sing. And Ginger plays guitar. Now Ginger jumped on bass, and I'm back on guitar. But anyway, um, Ginger's from Italy, Saviano, Italy, our bass player, nice. guitar player. So, yeah, uh, we love it over there. It's pretty cool. I like going. I love Italy. Uh, you know, it's just a good vibe. We love it over there. So um, I think we're going in the spring yet again. It's great to go with a local, though, just because they always know these little hole-in-the-wall places to eat and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but I never forget, you know, my little dream of going to see the Coliseum. So I was like, man, I still, part of me looks, I'm like, jeez, I'm a little guy from Northampton, New Hampshire, and I get, I've been all around the world and stuff. And I was like, damn, man, this ain't bad for like, you know, I just wanted to get out of town. I, you know, a lot of my friends just stayed there and they had kids and all that. And that's great. I love it. But it wasn't for me. I wanted to like get out on the road and go see something. So hell yeah, yeah I yeah. love it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun going over there, but uh, we're going back to Japan. I think my wife's Japanese. So we're going to wow. go back there and next the queers year. play Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've been over there yeah. about 10 times I oh, think wow. now. so yeah so we're thinking of going over but we're going out yeah after this we go to Hawaii Punk in the Park festival and then we work it's it shows with the DKs in Texas and then and then home so uh Great. yeah cool, yeah yeah, yeah. still so, killing yeah. you're still killing it man yeah, we I love, love it. it yeah 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 but you know what's funny Getting back to the Gigi thing, I had a fire. I lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and my we had a fire at our apartment. On uh, my room was on the third floor, and all my records, my vinyl collection, burned up. Two records oh. made it out of like about two thousand records, over two thousand records. I had two records made it. The Queer's first seven inch, a copy of that, and Gigi Allen's first album. <laughs> Always is, she was in Shelby or whatever it's called. Yeah. They were the only, out of like over 2,000 records, <laughs> they were the only ones that made it. It was the weirdest wow. thing. That is yeah. weird. That's weird. Yeah. Gigi's weird. record and our record. I couldn't believe it. Like everything else was like a bunch of like, it had all melted. And those were the only two records. It was the strangest yeah. thing, isn't it? What do you think it means? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder about that. People are like, there's got to be a message there. I said, I don't know. Gigi must be looking down or something. No, at the time that happened, he was still alive. What am I saying? Oh, he but was anyway, still alive. Yeah, he was at the time when that fire happened. But it was a strange thing nonetheless. Yeah. So, yeah. But 
those copies of that first seven inch queers thing, someone just sent me a link and I think one, it went for, there's only 200 of them and I think it went for over $4,000. It's oh like one God. of these yeah, like I'm big sure. records yeah. people collect. Mm-hmm. I don't have any more. I gave them all away. Yeah. But they're so rare that they go for like big bucks. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, went for, sure. I think, 4,200 bucks. Can you imagine? That's Jeez Louise. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, it's because it's kind of like a, a, a rare, piece of punk rock history yeah really is why that's that's why it is yeah yeah so but when we recorded that thing at a small studio called fish tracks it was like a hippie studio yeah that that was back in those days when you would go in like punk was just starting and so you'd go in and it was like a mausoleum in there everything was foam and it was like dead in there you know that was the way studios were supposed to be back then at least up there at that studio fish tracks it was in downtown portsmouth and we went in, I had a Bandmaster Reverb, which was like 35 watts. And I don't know what we did. We had a little tiny bass amp, little cheap Gretsch drum kit like Ringo's. And uh, they wouldn't let us come back for a second session. They wouldn't let us mix the songs and they wouldn't let us come back to finish the, the we had to do one more, two more songs for the seven inch. They wouldn't let us back there. They said we were too loud. <laughs> Bandmaster <laughs> Reverb. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> And I talked to Tom, the owner. I'm friends with him, Tom Daly. The place closed, but I said, Tom, our record's going for over 4000 bucks that we recorded at your place. And those bastards, he didn't run the studio. He owned it, but he didn't run it. And I said, those guys wouldn't even let us come back and mix it in there. They didn't want us back there, man. And he's like, oh, my God, if I'd only known, I would have fired all those guys. But um, it is kind of funny that out of all the stuff that studio did, they did like you guys ever follow like Harvey Reed? He's an acoustic guy. He's got his own label. He's quite big on this like hippie acoustic thing. If you look him up, he's okay. a great guy. Always completely different genre, but from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Harvey Reed. And um, he does, he's got his own label, Woodpecker Records and all that stuff. But whenever I would see that guy, he was always like so impressed that we toured around. I loved him, you know, because a lot of those guys sneered down their noses at us, but he really respected the fact that we toured around. I love that about that guy. But anyway, that's the type of music they'd record there. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I said the most famous record that came out of that studio was the Queer's first seven inch, dude. He goes, Oh my God. Yeah. So it's funny how stuff works out. Yeah. You know? And of course, I gave all those things away, and now they're going for four thousand bucks. I wish yeah, I had one, of but yeah. you know what? It gave me—I gave away all my vinyl because people would write me and ask for it or this and that, and it like gave me more joy to like. I'm like, oh yeah, you want a copy? Sure. I would just give it to people. That's you what know? he always says too. He doesn't. He I don't even have any of my own records, and they're yeah. sold out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't need. If I want one, one, I have to go buy it. Yeah, that's eBay. how I am. Right, I had yeah. to buy him one, so we yeah. have she one. She actually found <laughs> yes. me one. Yeah, I get it, but yeah. it's just like people would be like, "Oh, I, I want sell a copy." It. Well, it's like twenty. I'm like, I'll sell it. You know, it's yeah. I always sell the last one. Right, right. It's you know when people would ask, "Oh, I wish I had a copy of this." Like, "Oh, I've got one." I get, you know, I just it's you know making someone hey. happy. It's like, hey man, just hey, man. no problem. We lived it. Yeah, we lived it. That's right, man. We lived it, we dude. Lived it, you know, dude. no problem. We don't need it. Yes. So we uh, lived it, man. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't have it. But after that fire, I was just like, "What?" I, it's like, where do you start building your record collection up? I was so proud of it because I had the Ramones sign my first album. Oh, you and can't. All that you stuff. can't. You just yeah. have to keep moving forward, man. I had a picture disc of Let It Bleed by the Stones with Brian Jones on it, a picture disc. I've never seen another one to this day. 
I'd bought it at the, at the Capitol Records building in LA. They used to do a record swap the last Sunday of every month out there in Hollywood, Capitol Records uh, building parking lot. And I found that Let It Bleed with Brian Jones on a picture disc. I bought it for 20 bucks. It was an arm and a leg back then. It was probably around 78, I think, 79, 79. And that burned up. I was like, oh, man, oh, man, my Johnny Thunder's records. But anyway, it was so depressing to think I'd try to build the, where do you start when you think about it, you know? And I was just like, I didn't have the heart. So that's where I got more into giving the records away. And I was like, this is great, man. You know, make people happy. This yeah. is awesome. So anyway, yeah. But uh, yeah. Maybe oh, the roses. Okay. Yeah. It's weird, but they were, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a seven inch. I don't know. But they did do something to look at. It's kind of crazy neurosis. Yeah. I love That's that cool. band. So. Yeah. But we love you too. Thanks for coming. We yep. appreciate Thank you. you guys. Yes, Joe thank Queer, you. everybody go. F- you, you're probably already following him, but if not, go follow him Ooh. and all the bands he's, fucking with producing and all that shit we appreciate it man thank you yep thank you guys wait 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 let's do one more song yeah yeah let's go if you're up for it i'll do one more mine no problem let's go for it maybe you think i'm just one of those guys that kind of can never be true well maybe
Thank you. Oh, thanks. That's a cool guitar.